Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the January 10th edition of the Sunday side of sports, the Men's African Nations Championship Football Tournament, or CHAN, kicks off Friday in Algeria. Now, CHAN is sometimes confused with the Africa Cup of Nations competition, but while the Africa Cup of Nations allows African players based abroad, CHAN is restricted to players currently competing in their local leagues in Africa. Algeria will host Libya in the opening Chan match on Friday in Algiers. The Algerians and the Libyans are in Group A, along with Ethiopia and Mozambique. In Group B, we have the Democratic Republic of Congo, Ivory Coast, Senegal, and Uganda. Uganda's head coach, Militin Micho Sredovic, talks about his team's preparations. We are uh, working with defensive group on uh, how to defend and how to support attack. Attacking group, how to uh, be the first line of defense, how to help us to enter in attack and how to finish attacks. Uh, dividing them into the groups. In the afternoon we work as a team. Uh, in, in combining those tactical combinations and then uh, practically first and second team will be divided so that we do the, some tactical aspects in the game. Coach Micho and the Ugandan Cranes will begin their Chan campaign on Saturday, January 14th against the Democratic Republic of Congo, which won the Chan Trophy in 2009 and 2016. Let's get back now to the Chan groupings. In Group C, we have Morocco, Sudan, Madagascar, and Ghana. The Moroccans have won the past two Chan titles, and they travel to Algeria after a historic run at the recent FIFA World Cup in Qatar, where they became the first African team to reach the semifinals. Groups D and E have three teams each in Algeria. Group D has Mali, Angola, and Mauritania. And Group E has Cameroon, Congo-Brazzaville, and Niger. Teams participating at the African Nations Championship, or CHAN, have been playing friendly warm-up matches in recent days. Let's take a look at some of the results Defending champion Morocco beat Ethiopia 1-0. Cameroon and Uganda played to a one-all draw. Cameroon played to another one-all draw against Ivory Coast. Chan host Algeria and Ghana played to a scoreless draw. Sudan and Uganda played to a two-all draw. Niger and Senegal played to a goalless draw. Well, I guess with all these draws, Chan is shaping up as a very competitive tournament. And Congo Brazzaville beat Madagascar 1-0. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. 
And you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. VOA VOA Africa is your trusted source for news, sports, entertainment, and music. Stay engaged with VOA Africa. We love to hear your voice. You can call us 24-7 on WhatsApp and leave a message. Leave comments, requests, or greetings. We may play your message on VOA Africa. Dial the international code plus one, then 202-258-3076. VOA Africa is always happy to hear your voice. The number again is the international code plus one, then 202-258-3076. The headline on the sports page in the Washington Post newspaper on this Tuesday reads, Dog Eat Frog World! Dog Eat Frog World! Well, it's referring to the nicknames of the teams that played in Monday night's U.S. Men's College Football National Championship game. The Bulldogs of Georgia routed the Horned Frogs of Texas Christian University, or TCU, 65-7 to in Inglewood, California. That's near Los Angeles. The AP's Mark Myers reports from Inglewood. For the second consecutive season, the Georgia Bulldogs are national champions, dominating TCU 65-7. to Stetson Bennett ran for two touchdowns and threw for four. What a night for the Georgia quarterback. If you can't pull, pull out your best in a game like this, or at least your best effort and best um, you know, preparation, then you know, maybe this isn't for you. Lad McConkey caught two scoring passes. The Bulldogs finished the year 15-0. and Mark Myers, Englewood, California. Thanks, Mark. Georgia's head coach, Kirby Smart, talks about the differences between his national championship squads of the past two seasons. It makes it more special, I think, when you come back and look at it, because when you want to compare teams, you'll say, hey, look at this team. You know, there's some, some parts of me that think if the team last year played this year's team, last year's team probably had more talent on it. But this year's team was different. Like, they just had this eye of the tiger they weren't going to lose. Meanwhile, TCU's head coach, Sonny Dykes, says his team simply had no answer for the powerful Bulldogs. We ran into a really good team, and we did some very uncharacteristic things, and it snowballed on us, and that hasn't happened to us. One time this year that we hadn't been able to fight our way back and, and figure out a way to to get back in the game or win the game, um, and we weren't able to do it tonight. Teams based in the South have dominated the national championship game in U.S. men's college football in recent years. We had the Bulldogs of Georgia winning the past two national titles. In 2020, it was Alabama in 2019, Louisiana State University, or LSU, and in 2018, Clemson, which is based in South Carolina. In fact, over the past decade, the only school not based in the South was Ohio State, which won the national title in 2014. This is the voice 
of America. Washington, D.C. Here in Washington, World Boxing Association lightweight champion Gervonta Davis of the USA successfully defended his title over the weekend when Dominican challenger Hector Garcia failed to answer the bell for the ninth round. Davis hurt Garcia in the final seconds of the eighth round with several jarring blows to the head that left his formerly undefeated opponent dazed and confused. Garcia's record fell to 16 wins and one loss, while Davis remains undefeated with 28 victories and 26 knockouts. Now, Gervonta Davis celebrated his victory with a backflip off the ring post. I watched that backflip several times on video, and it was a beautiful thing to see. More than 19,000 fans attended the fight at the Capital One Arena, located within walking distance of our Voice of America headquarters here in Washington. In mixed martial arts, the South African Bokeng Masanyane is hoping to get a world title shot soon in the strawweight division. In April 2022, the Little Giant, as he's known on the international MMA circuit, suffered the first defeat of his career to Jared the Monkey God Brooks of the USA. It was an eliminator bout between the two top contenders, so Brooks got a shot at the title, not Masanyane. But as Darren Taylor tells us in this encore sunny side of sports presentation, the little giants far from done. Representing South Africa, introducing Luka, little giant, Masunyane. Bokang Masunyane made his pro MMA debut fighting in the strawweight division in 2016. He won his first seven fights convincingly, earning praise for his dynamic, fiery style and high kicks, despite standing at just over five feet. The Little Giant's eighth fight in December 2019 saw him pitted against legendary MMA strawweight Rene Catalan of the Philippines. The pundits were in agreement that the Little Giant would struggle against the experience and power of Catalan. But the then 26-year-old South African rocketed to MMA fame just 37 seconds into the bout. Bokang says he wants to showcase some striking that he's been working on, and he's doing it right here. And striking with Rene Catalan could be a recipe for disaster because he carries huge power. Stunning flying head kick knocked the Filipino clean out. Soon afterwards, the COVID-19 pandemic brought the MMA circuit to a halt for more than a year. Masunyane's next major fight would be in April 2022 against fellow top contender for the world championship, American strawweight Jared Brooks. 
the little giant lost, but Brooks raised Masunyane's arm when confirmed as the victor, describing him as a true warrior. Masunyane's had to be exactly that since he was a child on the streets of Benoni, east of Johannesburg. I never knew my mother, I never knew my father. I ended up living in an orphanage from around the age of five. From then, I decided to actually join wrestling while I was in the orphanage. And I actually found a passion. Uh, it was one of my favorite things to do, you know. <laughs> it kept me from being naughty, you know. While the other kids were drinking, drugging, and at best, dribbling footballs, Masunyane was mastering wrestling holds with names like camel clutches and shoulder claws. He was trained by a Russian coach, Alibeg Vechidov, at Centurion Wrestling Club in Pretoria. Vechidov recognized Masunyane's talent and nurtured him, even arranging for a couple to adopt him. A stable, loving environment, plus rigorous training, allowed Masunyane's fledgling wrestling career to soar. When he was just 15, Vechidov put him up against 17 and 18-year-olds. He told any of those boys, you can never take this guy down, this guy will take you down. And I was obviously the smallest guy in the school. Yeah, so I wrestled with a few of those guys and they just couldn't believe it. Like, oh, you're so little and you're throwing us around. <laughs> One of the guys couldn't even believe it. So he came back for more. Like, no, it's impossible. Then I'll throw him with something else. And he was like, no, no, let's go again. You know, And yeah. But no one at his club or school or in the country could beat him in his weight class. Vechidov nicknamed him Little Giant. My Russian coach was the one to, you know, to boost my confidence and the way he coached me and the way he worked with me. I always told myself I want to be a world champion while he's alive so I can show that part of his work has gotten me to where I am. In 2014, when he was 20, he was selected to wrestle for South Africa at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow, Scotland. And then I came forth at the Commonwealth Games, and I still wanted to pursue my wrestling career. But um, in South Africa or in Africa in general, it's very hard to make a living out of wrestling or mostly Olympic sports. Masonyane decided to begin training as an MMA fighter with the aim of joining the international professional circuit to hopefully earn big paydays. He says he knew it would be difficult as the sport combines almost all disciplines of martial arts and he didn't know a single one. You have to put in at least three or more sessions a day but not a lot of people are willing to do that. To be honest, when I also started mixed martial arts, I didn't know how much training it will take but all I knew is that I was going to try to stick to it because that's where I saw myself as a fighter. The little giant trained for two years before his debut MMA fight, winning the bout in the second round. He won his first six amateur bouts so convincingly that he was accepted into the South African pro ranks. Masunyane says his loss to Brooks hasn't erased those memories, and his contract with Asia's largest global sports media platform, Group One, proves that he's still one of the best MMA fighters. The goal mustn't change. I still want to become a world champion, and I'm very close to that goal. A few weeks ago, Brooks beat Joshua Paccio of the Philippines to claim the world title in the strawweight division. 
Now, Masunyane aims to knock the monkey god out of his tree. He's currently competing against all comers on the South African and Japanese pro circuits, racking up the wins. For now, says the little giant, he'll bide his time, waiting for another chance at glory and to repay coach Vegidov. For the sunny side of sports, I'm Darren Taylor in Johannesburg. Thanks, Darren. Join me, Heidi Adams, for the next Straight Talk Africa. We'll look at Ethiopia's future and the prospects for lasting peace. Also, my conversation with the Executive Director of the International Trade Center, Pamela Koch-Hamilton, about how the Africa Free Trade Pact can unlock global and local opportunities for women-owned enterprises. Join me, Heidi Adams, on the next Straight Talk Africa, this Wednesday at 18.30 UTC. Thanks, Heidi. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Samson Omale joins us now with a package of African sports news, and Samson says Tunisian handball tops his report. The Tunisian Handball Federation on Sunday announced the final list of players to take part in the Men's World Handball Championship co-hosted by Poland and Sweden, which begins from January 11th to the 29th. Coach Patrick Kazar named Asil Namil, Mahid Habui, Yassine Belgade, Osama Bouhami among 18 players who will aim for the title. In the preliminary round of the Men's World Handball Championship 2023, Tunisia will play in Group H alongside Denmark, Belgium, and Bahrain. In cricket news, the third and final test between Australia and South Africa ended in a draw at the Sydney Cricket Ground on Sunday. The South Africans were able to bat out for a draw on the final day to deny Australia a series sweep in the three-test series. The South Africans were 105 for two in their second earnings when Australia captain Pat Cummins settled for a draw with five overs left. After a forgettable series for the visitors, South African coach Malibongwe Makweta was pleased with the resistance shown by his side on day five at the SCG and praised their efforts in grinding out a draw. We lost to a better team, more skilled, uh, more experienced. And today to come out and fight the way we did um, was quite encouraging. Um, From the start, we knew we had to bat way above our average to compete and probably the conditions in the first test challenged us there and the second test we're pretty disappointed with our efforts and to come here and show a glimpse of what we have was quite encouraging. And now to Taekwondo, where Egypt is preparing to host three international Taekwondo championships in February in what is reported to be a first for the continent. The board of directors of the Egyptian Taekwondo Federation, headed by Chancellor Mohamed Mustafa, has attracted three competitions in the space of one week next month. The first event in the GL-classified Egypt International Championship is due to be held from February 11th to the 15th. In basketball news, the FIBA Afro-Can 
Japan, a new national team competition aimed for players based on the continent of Africa, is set to return for the first time since 2019. The African qualifiers are expected to run in February for nations that won't compete in the World Cup African qualifiers. The following teams qualified for the second edition of the FIBA African by virtue of their reaching the semi-finals of the last edition that held in Bamako, Mali. They are DR Congo as champions, Kenya who were runners-up, Angola who were in third place and Morocco who took the fourth position. I am Samson Omale in Abuja, Nigeria. the sunny side of sports on facebook and twitter my facebook address is facebook.com forward slash voa sunny and my twitter handle is at voa sunny sports let's give a sunny side of sports birthday salute to big george foreman the former two-time world heavyweight boxing champion is celebrating his 74th birthday on this Tuesday. Big George gets my vote as boxing's all-time best redemption story. It's about redemption. Redemption. In 1974, Big George was knocked out by Muhammad Ali in the rumble, in the jungle. 20 years later, at the age of 45, Big George Foreman would reclaim the world heavyweight title by knocking out Michael Moore. Commenting almost 30 years after his loss to Ali, Big George had this memorable quote, We learn great lessons from those defeats. Redemption! Big George Foreman. Happy 74th birthday. Turning to tennis, the world's top players are warming up down under for next week's Australian Open, the year's first major tournament. Our friend Craig Gabriel is in Adelaide, Australia. Darkness befell across the centre court. Sounds more like something that Vincent Price would be reciting at the Adelaide International. If Reba McIntyre was here, she would have changed the lyrics from the night the lights went out in Georgia to the night the lights went out in Adelaide. That's the night they stunned a player. But then the lights came on after a couple of minutes. Phew, the electricity bill had been paid and the Phantom would have sung no more talk of darkness. Let me be your light. Well, Aussie Jason Kubler certainly was a bright light as he advanced to the second round with a 7-6-7-5 result of Argentine Thomas Martin Echeverri. Kubler said he had never experienced anything like that before. Yeah, no, I, I, haven't, have, I haven't been in a situation like that before. Um, it was actually a little bit pleasant, to be honest. It's, sometimes you forget having a little break and switching off for, you know, a couple of minutes is actually uh, 
quite uh like it's good when you're in the heat of battle you know relaxes you and then you're able to go again so definitely a little bit surprising because i didn't know if it was going to go out again but you know, it uh it worked out for me Eight-seeded American Tommy Paul won in straight sets, as did another American, Amanda Anasimova. Former French Open champion Barbora Kajikova stopped American lucky loser Alison Risk Umritraj. And there was another unusual situation. In the final round of qualifying, Czech Thomas Marshak beat Kwon Soon Wu. They both got into the main draw and played one another again. This time, Kwon won. Try saying that fast 10 times. Craig Gabriel, VOA Sports, Adelaide. Thanks, Craig. Quan one, 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 Quan one. There you go, Craig. This is Sonny Sino Sports. Four African teams, Morocco, Nigeria, South Africa, and Zambia have qualified for the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup Football Tournament. The premier women's competition will kick off July 20th in Australia and New Zealand. And two more teams from Africa, Cameroon and Senegal, will play inter-confederation playoff matches next month in New Zealand with a chance to advance to the Women's World Cup. Let's take a look at those African playoff matches Cameroon will take on Thailand February 18th in Hamilton, New Zealand. And that same day, Senegal will play Haiti in Auckland, New Zealand. If Cameroon and Senegal win those matches, they would still have to win one more game to book a ticket to the Women's World Cup. The Cameroon-Thailand winner will take on Portugal February 22nd, and the Senegal-Haiti winner will play Chile on February 22nd. Of the four African teams already qualified, Morocco and Zambia will both be making their Women's World Cup debuts. For an update on Zambia's preparations, Iron Mike Mbonye called Chingola, Zambia, where he reached the team's head coach, Bruce Mwape. Yeah, I'm actually in touch with uh, almost all the players that we, we have. And we are also planning to have uh, a local camping where we want to look at uh, the local players, some of these uh, girls who are playing in the, uh, in the National League. Zambia is in Group C with Spain, Costa Rica and Japan. Are you familiar with some of these teams and uh, are you scared with the big names? Yeah, it's actually it's not the first time that we are participating in a major tournament. If you remember very well, there was a time when we qualified to the Olympics and we may we, we actually played uh, a big teams like Brazil, Netherlands, and we also watched some of these uh, so-called uh, big teams while in the uh, Olympics. Okay, so it's safe to say that you are familiar with the teams in the same group with you? Yeah, we are, we are actually familiar and um, that's what we want. We want to expect, I mean, we want to play, like you're saying, the big teams because we also want to be uh, recognized as one of the big teams in the, in the world. Coach, the Zambia female, uh, Zambia Women's uh, Football League is on now, am I right? Yes, you're right. Are you monitoring the league to see how you get some new faces or other players to add to the team that will go to the World Cup? Yeah, that is the biggest assignment that we've got. We need to actually identify 
fight. Some of the players that we have never seen uh, play for, for the national team because um, some teams are, are coming from very far away from uh, from the uh, Lusaka, the capital city rather. So, so we need to monitor. I'm sure you you know when you talk about the national league, you're talking about the entire national where the the their teams participating in the Premier League. So we are we actually monitoring them. Uh, week in, week out. Do you have some of your players, I mean the women's national team players, playing in countries like Nigeria, South Africa, or in Europe? We have got um, um, a good number of players playing in Europe and um, even Asia. Uh, <clears throat> one of them is, uh, of course, Barbara. She's playing in China. And these others, yes, they are playing in uh, Spain, We've got others playing in um, Turkey as well. So at the moment, we've got a good number of players playing outside the country. All right, Coach. Uh, with seven months to the kickoff of the Women's World Cup, what message do you have for Zambians? Uh, because they are looking up to the Copa Queens to do the country proud. Yeah, what they actually expect is uh, a team to perform well when we go to the, the World Cup. And what matters most is uh, the way you prepare the team. If you don't prepare well, don't expect to win the, the, the cup. But if you prepare the team well, of course you will not go to the such just to add numbers. No, you go there to compete. And uh, of course the aim is to win the, the World Cup, that's all. That's Bruce Mwape, the head coach of Zambia's national women's football team, nicknamed the Copper Queens. And Coach Mwape spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Chingola, Zambia. Sporty greetings. This is Memory Malisawa, Major Officer of Copper Queens of Zambia. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. And that wraps up the January 10th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA Sunny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports.